0: The NZSO will accompany an 80-strong choir this week in a celebration of Pacifica music, combining symphony with songs from the Pacific. Following a sold-out concert in Wellington last year, Mana Moana will fill the Spark Arena in Auckland this week. Mana Moana's producer is Samoan New Zealander Tana Tupai. He is a keyboardist and backing vocalist for a band called Tomorrow People uh, and he's also a mentor with a focus on Pacifica artists and has been working on the digitisation of music from the Pacific. Tana joins Culture 101's Polina Lau in a moment but first here's a taste of what audiences will hear at the Mana Moana concert this coming week from a recording which is set to be released.
1: Tūtaha performed by the NZSO and Signature Choir and Tāna Tūpai joins me now. Kia Tāna, can you just tell us what we were hearing just then, what that song's about?
2: Sure yes, so Nuku Tuta is a, um, a New a In song uh, written by a very close friend of mine, Malcolm Lakatani. And I like to call it the unofficial anthem of New Wear. It pretty much just talks about how beautiful the island is and just a strong connection of the people and the land and just highlighting how it's just one of the, the, the beautiful islands, many beautiful islands that are in our Pacific.
1: Moana was a huge hit last year in Wellington yeah. and now it's coming to Tamaki Makoto this coming week. Does this mean that it might be an annual thing?
2: Figures crossed, well, I'm not too sure if it's an annual thing, but definitely hope it's going to be something that's regular and a mainstay in terms of uh, programming together with uh, the Symf- New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. Mm. In terms of the Signature Choir, it's um, been very blessed in being, uh, the majority of the uh, the gigs that Signature Choir have actually uh, taken part of as of late has always been with orchestras, whether or not it be New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. They've worked closely with Orchestra Wellington, and with the experience that the choir has, they kind of feel like they have to perform when they perform. There has to be an orchestra backing them, kind of thing. So that's the kind of feeling and the the excellence and the vibrant sound, um, and, and uh, that the orchestra brings along.
1: They've become used to it. Yes, I mean, it's very <laughs> spoiled. Yeah, and and in terms of when you do sing these uh, Pacifica songs and you add you add an orchestra to it, what changes?
2: It's it's a real beautiful thing because, uh, for example, what happened in Manamwana, Wellington. Uh, a lot of people when they uh, a lot of our Pacific people who don't also get the opportunity to see live orchestra, uh, live orchestra playing or anything. But when they first heard the instruments, they realised, well, I remember hearing those in this movie or that movie kind of mm. thing, and then seeing these instruments come to life. And then you add, which we're already proud of, is the rich. Pacifica melodies and music and it, that blends with the fusion of the orchestra. it just creates just this magical feel and it you know adds uh, further enhances that experience that people get with taking pride in the, the music that's been chosen to showcase Pacifica, um communities, but most importantly, that, that combined fusion with the orchestra just elevates the experience.
1: Mm. What's been the reaction to the, the concert?
2: Well, because of the reaction, it's been elevated to, you know, uh, I think the first time ever a, a Pacifica community sort of group is going to be headlining an event at Auckland Spark Arena. So that's quite a considerable jump. But in saying that, it's the community deserves to be seeing their own sort of um, activities and concerts and performances in prestigious venues such as Spark Arena. Um it's so it, the fact that the, 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 the results of what Wellington created, and sort of now that it's um, been taken up to um, Auckland, it's a huge, massive uh, opportunity, but also something that we fully believe in and, and know that our Pacific communities deserve to come and see high quality international, even though it's driven by community, but mm. seeing that the, our music and, and, and our performances on uh, an internationally renowned sort of venue.
1: Big stage. What do you think something like this does for the Pacifica community and and the singers and the artists? It,
2: uh, oh, the joy, the 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 joy and the experience because working with the orchestra alone just elevates just the, the, the already passion and, and and excitement and joy that our Pacific people have in singing their own songs, and then coupled that with performing it with almost a hundred piece orchestra in front of the people and seeing the responses of this is music that's already, some of these songs that are, that are done have been rearranged are, are classics, are songs that our people are heard over and over again, but it's mm. like it's brought like this new revitalized love for these songs with this new fusion with the orchestra. So adding that on top, is just nothing but immense pride for everyone involved and being a part of such an experience, I'm not sure if you've seen any of the clips that have been going across social media I since have, the concert. I have. And as you see, um, the orchestra, for example, as, as, as you can imagine, it's um, the first time that they've experienced seeing people jump out of their seats, dancing <laughs> down along the aisles. And from the, uh, the comments and feedback from many of the members, they like that to be the new norm for some of them because it's, it's not nothing they've never quite experienced, and they've really, really enjoyed it. So uh, that, that's been a beautiful. Um, sentiment about this is it is a collision of two worlds and coming together and seeing both both um, communities just really, really enjoying the new creation or fusion.
1: Well, you mentioned the, the clips on social media, and one thing I instantly notice and you can feel it, is the energy. And I think when people think about choirs, you picture people standing there quite still, you know, quite in a uniform way. But but this concert there's a lot of movement isn't there there's dancing almost
2: uh, Absolutely yeah What well, that, that choir in a, that's typical of all Pacific choirs so Sandstool is not standard at all for, for Pacific <laughs> choirs and communities and the way they, they move it's just them just being fully immersed in what they're doing fully enjoying it. and that's the, the typical way we love to express ourselves of great joy, both through the the physical sort of activity, but most importantly, just with the amazing uh, voices that our people do have. And combining all of that together, you would have thought, people thought there were things were choreographed in terms of the concept, but no, it's just a, a moment that one particular individual would have had in the feeling, and... The fact that we have this environment or platform where it allows them to just express and be themselves as opposed to being rigid and following a certain template or something is, is very typical of, of, of our community. And it's, it's really awesome that we have a chance to have this platform and showcase this beyond our own communities. Were
1: there any hurdles or, or sort of things you had to work out in the beginning when you were first collaborating together because it is quite a different experience?
2: Yes well for one thing um, trying to sort of ramble together over a hundred artists uh, musicians on the stage is a massive uh, thing to uh, to sort of monitor but in terms of uh, uh, no not not necessarily because everything just came together so naturally that that the once that discovery of that fusion of the two um, communities what what you or what you would like to call it coming together everything just felt so good so natural and just As a result of it, being able to elevate us to have these amazing opportunities to perform it in front of um, the public and venues such as what we will be doing next Friday.
1: Mm. And aside from... uh being a producer for this event and and, and being so the admin guy, as you said to me, <laughs> yeah. you're making you're doing all the invisible yeah. work. That's uh, that's what you're doing. You're also a musician yourself, and you work a lot with uh, Pacifica artists, uh, in particular. In terms of moving into the digital realm and getting music uh, and Pacifica music into that realm, making sure that artists, you know, have knowledge of their rights or what they should be asking for or what they should be expecting. That's something you're quite passionate about, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I, I currently am active in that space now. Um, it's so important for me because, as you mentioned, the digital era has transformed the industry and at the same time uh, Pacific people, among others as well, uh, huge consumers of that digital platform. And then as a result, it's created opportunities for for artists that might not have been able to forge a, a professional career in music or your or trying to sell your music through the platforms has become um, far more accessible but what comes with that is trying to understand uh, the the off-stage things which is what I'm really passionate about because uh, as you probably aware you know the music industry is a very interesting one mm-hmm. and um, you know there's a lot of uh, things that uh, that happen that probably wouldn't be normally allowed to happen in other industries but in saying that it's just my focus is educating our people and making them aware of what that can be done, and also instilling the belief that they're amazing talent. As you know, many, many uh, Pacific Islanders just have that natural knack for creative um, interpretation of all sorts, it's more so, in, especially in music. And for them to actually believe that that can go beyond the church communities that co op and mm. actually be forged into a career is something that excites me because. That wasn't the norm um, when I was coming through, but now when someone mentions they want to be that, it, it's actually been considered and said, "Oh, yes, that is a, uh, a an actual uh, career path that you can choose." Whereas for me, when I mentioned it to my parents, they were like, "Son, are you sure?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's so different now, and so, but a couple of that comes with new opportunities of of them being exposed to other things that they're not aware of. And so I just love bridging the gap and just sort of being agile and, and helping them understand and navigate so they can further cement themselves in this uh, ever-evolving industry.
1: Mm. Would you say that it's, you know, you've got the the music and the art side is one thing, but you're trying to get them to be a bit more, I guess, business savvy in some ways?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I always endorse the fact that they not that you're just a creative or just a songwriter, mm. or that's not. The, but you're you're actually an entrepreneur, and you're in the business of mm. selling your music, and that's the the narrative I always love to. Uh, Share with them, and once they get exposed, that from the from the get go, the 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 mindset and the way they go about things changes dramatically. And I'm very, as you can tell, I'm very very passionate about (laughs) sharing that because our people are just so that's such a a strength of us, and one of many, but one that can actually be a a a viable and sustainable career for many people out there.
1: Do you find that this is in particular with uh, young artists, or is this sort of across the board? Age is not, you know, it doesn't matter.
2: No, age doesn't matter as such, but there's definitely a resurgence in the young artists um, coming through as a result of the digital age. And as I said, we're very big adopters of how the the, uh, the digital is sort of come a- a amongst us. And um, they really, really understand how to go about it. But it's they actually have moved faster than what I would have done in my time, but as helping them monitor that and navigate that through. But they're sort of very, very very um savvy in terms of adopting to how things are mm. but it's also making them realize that what you're you're doing in your sleep can actually be something that be forged into something amazing and great so it's, it's very very exciting
1: i don't know if i'm putting you on the spot here but <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the not the mistakes but some of the um maybe misconceptions that artists may experience if they're new to the industry you know for, if if Audiences are listening and they're wanting to do this. What are some tips that you might have?
2: Um, just be unapologetically yourself. Like it's, um, I know, coming up, coming through our Pacific artists Asha, always are always cautious about how they need to adapt in certain ways, just because of the environment they're growing up in. But um, I guess. Um, just being firm about your identity and being okay about how you wish to interpret yourself and go about things that may not be the norm or how we may have been raised or what society allows us but the, the creators that's what I love. a lot of these artists are coming through and, and doing things that are against the norm and as a result are creating such a massive success and they're not they don't apologize for those things. Even they, they, they even sometimes make me stand corrected because I'm like, no, you can't really do that. You can't miss, but that's like, but why not? Why not? And they're challenging these things. But the difference is with these guys now, and I will put my hand up, was that I kind of were coming through was afraid or worried about how I would go about this. this is where these people, through you, you could call it whatever you want to call it, but they're just fearless. And I love that. Um, the attitude that they have, and sometimes it can end up being controversial in terms of how they go about things. But mm. I'd rather them but before, we, because I'm making much more of those with myself, there weren't many people like myself that looked like myself that was actually putting their hand up and trying to help other people, or at least mm. you know, open doors or pathways for, for us to really prosper.
1: So, the idea that if you do get pushback and you have people saying, Oh, it's not really how it's done, to not necessarily given or give up at that point to just keep pushing back.
2: Absolutely I'm not saying that that's what happened to how what evolved <laughs> this uh, amazing project with uh, uh, the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra and what we created in Mana one but the, the, those themes who come up at the fact that there's an opportunity to, to discuss and evolve as a result of these uh, things or angles that we have amounts to this beautiful creation that we have that we're going to experience next week so um, very very exciting and yes uh, um. It, a slap on a hand's not going to matter, is it? A slap <laughs> on the wrist, not going to matter. <laughs>
1: and as far as getting Pacifica music on record in New Zealand, is that something that's well documented? Is it? Is it done well, or is it something that's lacking?
2: It's, I'm glad you asked that because that was something that was a concern as, as short as maybe just a few years ago, maybe even less than that. One thing is that the, the New Zealand Music industry, how they've set up and the way they support the Pacific Islands, is that they've allowed um, a lot of our Pacific musicians to have their stuff properly documented mm. and with the support. And as a result of that, they don't miss out on particular income, whether it be songwriting royalties or mechanical master royalties, anything like that, because it, they've helped us get this into a proper official sort of place. It's allowed us to really capitalise on what the digital world is, is, is doing at the moment. So mm. that's been huge. And I don't know the official stakes, but I know how people contribute immensely to the, the fabric of music and the economics of music also mm. in this country. And I'm really grateful that we've had the opportunity to be able to do that here.
1: Well, you've got a band yourself. Tomorrow, people, and you've chosen a song, Saili Leolofa. Why did you pick this one in particular?
2: Our very first language song that was played on mainstream um, radio, and for us, that was a huge breakthrough for us. And I mean, this was the song was released a few years back. I know RNZ have been doing a great job, but other Uh, radio stations are following that trend and it's become normalized kind of thing and this particular song although this is just a Samoa version we actually wrote the song i think it's one of the first songs that was released commercially where we released on the same date three versions of the same song in three different languages we did English, Te and Samoan which is the one uh, that we're about to play so for for myself my team Mark's quite an iconic milestone in our career
0: Sa'ili Le Alufa by Tomorrow People, the band of our last guest, Tāna Tūpai. It's a song they've also recorded in Te Reo and in English as Don't Fight It.